instead of uh, building a, a perfect product and reach out, you know, to VC and pitch to them, you should really spend more on, spend time on yourself, learning different uh, perspective, different, uh, um, different, uh, uh, like try to fill the gap of the skill set that you don't have. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I am your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's also the uh, founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with patents and trademarks. Today, I'm excited to uh, share another uh, fun journey of a, a, a great creator and inventor, uh, Mao Du. Is that how I say it right? Close enough? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. And uh, so she, we have at least a little bit of a common connection. She lived in Salt Lake City for a period of time. I don't quite, I'm too much of a city or a country boy to, to like Salt Lake City. And I realize that that's really backwards in the sense that Salt Lake City is not that big of a city when you compare it to a lot of other big cities. But we've both been in Utah, so she's been here for a period of time. Now she's out in Salt Lake or moved from Salt Lake City to California near Silicon Valley and is working to uh, help to fix the uh, housing crisis and make things a little bit more affordable and allow people to be able to own their own homes. So that's my introduction, but welcome onto the podcast, Mal. Evelyn, thanks for having me. So I gave a bit of an introduction, which I'm sure didn't do nearly as good of justice, but uh, maybe uh, I'll turn it over to you. Maybe you want to introduce yourself a little bit more and uh, tell, us, uh, tell us a little about your journey. Sure. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Mao, and uh, we we are um, a, a real estate tech startup starting in Bay Area. And then our startup think that we find a perfect solution for urban housing problem by matching two to three renters who like the same house and with the similar financial background together to lead them to co-buy a home through our platform. According to the survey, 80% of American millennials want to, co-own, uh, want to own a home, and it's a symbolic milestone to adulthood. But millions of um, millennials cannot afford it due to the high cost of living. And now we think that Coho Now can make this dream come true for them. All right. Well, no, that's a, that's a great uh, introduction and summary. So now I'm going to force you. So as you know, and we've talked about before, part of our podcast is now telling the journey of how you got to where you're at with, um, with your current business. So maybe let's back up a step or two and, and kind of how did you get into it? So prior to, to starting this business, where were you at? What were you doing? And, and what led to, to, to where you're at now? Sure. So um, I always have a dream to own a home and live in my own way. And uh, as you mentioned, I previously uh, live in Salt Lake and I moved to California in 2018. And the struggle of housing become a sharp reality when I moved to Bay Area from Salt Lake. And and I'll, I was, I'll, give, I'll interject, and I didn't mean to interrupt you right off the bat, but I, 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 we were yeah. talking a little bit before and, I, and I, I had to laugh because I've been in Utah most of my life. I, I did go out to, uh, I lived in Cleveland, Ohio for about four years when I was doing graduate school. And I lived, uh, when I served a mission for my church, I was in Taiwan for a couple of years. Beyond that, I've always been in Utah. And so I didn't really get a feel for the housing market um, when I was in either of the other two areas. And so when I started out my career early on, I worked for a law firm and it was based in uh, Palo Alto out in California. 
And so I made the mistake when I was going out to, and I was visiting the law firm there, the offices there, and people, it seems like when every time I've gone to California, people always like to talk about the great deal they found with housing or everything else, which is like, yeah, I found a or thousand square foot house and it was only a million and a half dollars, <laughs> you know, those type of things. But I remember one time when I was out there and I was talking with them and I said, oh, you know, they were somebody saying that they just bought a house and I said, oh, how many acres is that, you know, or what acres is that? And they're like, no, 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 no. We don't measure in acres. We measure in square feet. And if you happen to have a yard and it's like 10 or 20 square feet, that's a great thing. And most people don't even have that. From that perspective, that was my first introduction into the California right. real estate market. So I feel for you moving from Salt Lake to where right. we measure things in acres and it's a fair, a reasonable price in comparison to going to California. So didn't mean to interrupt your journey, but uh, go ahead. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. That's the pinpoint that right after I moved to California, I realized every single thing, every 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 rent, every landlord that are charging rent like above like uh, fifteen hundred right now, I would say for single room. Mm. And yes, it's definitely measured by square foot. And actually, surprisingly, first year that I moved to California, I had to move four times because the landlord keep raising my uh, my rent. Mm. And I really, I, I freak out, right? I feel strongly insecure every time when I move to a new place. And I had hope that was the last time when. <laughs> so anyway, so not only because of the high rent and also because I don't want to, I don't get to live in my own way. So that's why I, and, and I, I think like um, I luckily find a room for a kind of cheap uh, apartment <laughs> with the 1200 uh, per month kind of rent. I remember sitting in my 100 square feet room and thinking, I could buy a home in Salt Lake uh, with this rent. Then it occurs to me, what if there was a way that I could own just the room I was living in so I don't have to wait so many years to saving up to participate in the real estate investing. No more rent goes to waste. So that's why, you know, I come up with this idea and thinking, okay, and, you know, I dig into the number, makes sense that, you know, people living in the house and can come up with the a mortgage payment, which very similar to uh, the rent that we pay to landlord. That's mm -hmm. why after pondering this possibility over several sleepless nights, uh, I put together a, a full-fledged business model that would become Coho Now today. So I'm going to jump back. And I think that's very interesting. I'm going to jump back because I, when we talked a little bit before the podcast, we also talked, you moved to California. I think you had a tax background, right? And if I remember right, right you kind of had, you went to the startup community and said, hey, you wanted to do a startup or wanted to do your own business. And so you went around, I think it was what, for six months or so and kind of see what was hot, what was not, how, what were the pain points and, did, and kind of as you're trying to figure out where you wanted to go. So maybe just give a little bit of background. How did that go for that kind of six months? Why did you kind of settle on the, you gave a little bit yeah. on the real estate market and doing the co-home ownership. How did you do that in the mix of, you know, kind of going around for those months? Yeah. So during those six months that I was not like uh, full focus on finding a job, instead I want to give myself a little bit of time to know the market and uh, especially uh, in a real estate market because uh, it's a big thing in uh, Silicon Valley. Everybody, anyone that own a home, actually it's a big thing. Mm -hmm. um, and the second of all is the startup 
startup mode, startup uh, uh, weather. So I actually luckily joined, uh, become a volunteer, joined V-Lab, which is uh, down in Palto um, Ministry. And they, bunch of uh, volunteer people and get together and to talk about what's the hot mark, you know, what's the hot topic, you know, by that time it was blockchain. <laughs> and <laughs> Definitely, you know, there are some other people talking about how we can use blockchain to change all sorts of life, like, um, uh, like, uh, you know, cryptocurrency was very hot by that time, 2018. And, um, and I, I've learned, actually, I went to Stanford for one of the class, which is a venture capital um, class. They were teaching how to change the idea into a startup business. And I think the critical uh, thing that I learned is the whether your idea can into turn into something scalable or not, and also you need to figure out the market size. Uh, that's why you know I spent um, another six months that trying to grouping uh, engineers who share the same passionate pa- passion and uh, about home ownership. We come up with, you know, we we went we went through hundreds of hundreds of interviews to conduct market research, and we realized that amount and extent to which people are frustrated about paying high rents and getting no return, um, is actually substantial, and um, and that's why we come up with this uh, minimum viable product initially to test uh, more people um, to um, shaping the product. And um, surprisingly, actually, I thought, you know, people could not own a home, maybe are just for normal worker. Surprisingly, the people that we interview is the uh, tech worker, some lawyers, teachers, and also some uh, accountants, CPA. And uh, many have lived with uh, roommates uh, for a year or two, um, and average year that they uh, become a uh, BM printer uh, was about like five years ish. Mm. So, and when we talk about housing, they always feel hopeless and burdensome. And um, so that's why when we, when we reach out to them and we talk, we say, Hey, you know, we can actually finding very similar uh, financial background and education level people to group you guys together so that you guys can own a house. And as soon as I told them that, and they felt, oh, this is like life-changing um, thing for me. It's definitely revolutionary. So and and I, I agree, because I think it's an, an interesting or novel approach to how you're, going, or you're dealing with, you know, especially in high-cost areas or high real estate areas where housing is very expensive and it can often be, you talk about, and I think about, you know, almost to your point, you know, there are some that if they have a high enough paying job or they're the startup founder in Silicon Valley and they get enough investment, they can afford their own. But for most people, it's still pretty expensive. And so, you know, how did you, I get that you kind of came to the conclusion, hey, homeowning is expensive. It's going to be hard for people to own homes. Can't we do something? How did you come up with the idea? Let's start to split the cost or to see if we can partner people together. I mean, that's, it it seems like a a newer, different approach beyond what I've heard. So how did you kind of figure out that model that made sense or would work? Well, yes, definitely. There was a a novel idea initially. And then when we start pitching to lenders, pitching to real estate, uh, like real estate programs, 
like a, a title company, realtors and the nurse. And when we ask them, you know, whether there's any obstacle for this kind of uh, regulation wise, you know, is it really much difference between uh, co-owning with a stranger or versus co-owning with family? And to me, their answer to me is no, there's no much difference. And um, so that's why, you know, I think, okay, why not just do it? Why not just uh, uh, talking to more people to, you know, to see what, whether people have done this approach in the past. And we have actually talked to several people and they did uh, co-own a house uh, with a bunch of people and then they sell it out at a, at a profit mm. over the years before they getting, uh, getting settled down and getting married. So I think that's kind of, a, you know, after that, you know, I realized, okay, this is not novel and people doing that all the time, but we just need uh, a platform that can uh, scale it out and to let more people know there, there is opportunity that you don't have to with so many years to build up. Instead, you can invest in while living right now. Okay. No, I, I think that, that makes good sense. And so you hit on one topic that we talked a little bit before about where I almost had the same question of, so let's say you take, you know, you take your platform, which I think is cool and it, it makes good sense. And I, you know, I want to go and let's say I go back to my singles day. Now I'm married with four kids and so probably wouldn't quite fit with my lifestyle, but let's say I wouldn't have, yeah. you know, you take someone that goes out Silicon Valley, wants to get a home, can't afford it by themselves. So they go on your platform they find someone else that also wants to get a home. We pull our resources and we, you know, we go find the home that we think we'll both want to invest in. We co-own and, you know, three or four or however many years down the road, that person that I, you know, originally went in with says, okay, now I've, I've got to, I'm going to move or I'm getting married or I have a different job opportunity. Right. So how does that work right. on your platform or how do you deal with at some point of people, you know, or somebody loses their job, right? So, you know, I'm working, yeah. I want to do co-ownership, but I lose my job. How do you deal with that on your platform? So right now we have four different options, right? Uh, we uh, recommending people to uh, co-buyer to consider. First mm-hmm. is the buyout option, which is the people who stay can come up with the uh, a down payment and uh, some profit that the other person can just, uh, you know, buy that person out. Mm-hmm. So that's one option for uh, the co-buyers. The second option is the, if the co-buyer doesn't want to um, totally exit and they can still rent it out of the room, just make sure that uh, have a, you know, good agreement in advance mm. that, um, you know, co- cover uh, those on the scenario and what, what the criteria for the other person uh, who, you know, renting their room and um, um, how long that takes. So those are very nitty-gritty thing we need to cover in those agreements, which we have provide for our customers in advance. Hmm. And third option is because our platform two people initially, we can do the same methodology to bring a third people to replace the people who want to exit. And um, for a lending perspective, it's a very normal um, refinance scheme. It's just a refinancing. Hmm. And we will calculate, make sure we calculate every single thing, uh, before the person out, um, and um, so the fourth, the fourth part, uh, fourth option that the co-buyer can consider is um, we actually are working with the finance company. The finance, for example, if one person stop paying the mortgage payment, 
-hmm. and they list their shares on our platform while waiting for the a buyer. And during that time frame, if he really couldn't come up with the payment, we have a finance company, and the finance company can uh, kind of uh, issuing the uh, debt financing for those couple months until this person sells his share out. And we will, um, the mass part, we will take care of it. Okay, no, I think that All the terms, no, sorry, those are all the terms going to be covered in the agreement in advance. Okay, so no, I think that makes sense. So if I were to reiterate, so one is just, hey, if I don't, I could buy the, you know, buy the partner out, so to speak, and I can, you know, if they don't have the money or they don't want to, and I have the money, I can just buy out their position. Two is that the person right. can move out, they can continue to rent it out to somebody else, or if they just wanted to continue to invest in the home, they could. Or you can also right. help them to find a new partner to come in and either take over their position or to do something else so that they can, you know, replace a spot so that they can then somebody else is looking to have home ownership can do that. So I think that's, it prevents people or right. provides people with a lot of different good options. So, so we take that. So you got, yeah. you came up with the, you moved out to Silicon Valley. You came up, you know, you went to the startup community for a while, figured out their pain points, settled on this one, said, okay, I think I've got something here. You then went out and surveyed people said, Hey, have you done, has this been done before? Would you be interested? Which I think is all good steps, right? You come up with the idea, then you start to do almost a market survey, right. test it out, make sure it would work before you invest too much time and effort into it. See if people would be willing to do it. You do all of that. You then you right. finally you figure out that all of those work and you, you start to, you start to found the company and get it going. So how did that go? Or how has that been going? Now that you're actually developing the company, developing the idea, building it out, seeing how people like it and everything else. How has that journey, part of the journey gone? So right now, I would love to talk about the uh, priority um, in the stage of bootstrapping. Um, so I think we are, we're not just building an app, a mobile app. We're actually building a web uh, enterprise class, uh, web-based application. And that needs tremendous amount of uh, agile engineering. Mm -hmm. And but when the budget is very low, um, we just need to um, prioritize things that to save energy time and money into something we need most. And um, for example, right now we are working on, you know, for example, we are working on the product development, but we know that you know, to be able to, to be able to uh, come up with the list of features that we want, we need to first um, get word out to get attraction first. The more people you bring in, the more data you're going to have, the more insights you have, then the better product you will make. So that's why right now the focus should not be keep building the product. Instead, building the business first. Mm. That's why right now, we are working, uh, partner, trying to partner with, um, we have actually uh, several partners uh, listed list up and we partner with the brokerage firm, we partner with lenders and uh, we partner with the title companies, make sure that, you know, they uh, create this kind of pipeline for the business and letting them to get word out and bring the customer, which is the renters or co-buyers uh, back to the platform. And so in terms of the product side, then we need to figure out, okay, right now, if you are in the stage of building your pipeline, what's your marketing page on your website should mm -hmm. be, you know, whether, you know, 
how you are easier for your business partners to uh, integrate uh, with your product. Um, so that's something that we have been shifting our focus on from uh, purely uh, implementation of the feature for ending cus- consumer. Instead, that we are focusing, you know, the platform how to make it easier for our business partner to use. Okay. No, I think that, that, that makes sense. So almost with that then, so that's where you're at now. If you take the next three or six to 12 months, where do you think, where do you see things going? How do you think things will play out and where do you think or the journey will take you? So I would say next three to six months, we will, we will um, uh, uh, keep building more features for our um, customers, which is the renters come to our site getting more insights to shape our product. That's for sure. But at the same time, we will work with our real estate lawyers and real estate workers uh, and lenders to uh, helping as many uh, clients as we have um, that to uh, demonstrate this business model and to get a word out, uh, let, letting more people know that what we're doing here is revolutionary and um, makes sense and easy to adapt. Yeah. Okay, cool. So as we reach kind of towards the end of the podcast, I always then jump to the two questions I ask every time. So maybe we'll jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is what was the worst business decision you ever made? What's the worst? I don't, I don't, well, I think that uh, I can, I can tell you what's the best uh, idea that I've ever made, but I haven't made a worse uh, business decision, but definitely I will embrace, you know, for, um, for my future. And, you know, I will embrace all my, you know, future challenges for sure. So you're telling me you implemented and launched everything and you've never made any mistakes whatsoever. I don't know that I quite buy it. So you got to give me one, even if it's not the worst, give me a mistake that you made that you people can learn from. Okay. I think that a lot of uh, founders in Silicon Valley, because they are around this uh, ecosystem and there's tons of startups um, uh, being built every single day. And mm-hmm. there also have VCs around here. And so many news about the startup getting successful financing. So I think a lot of founders are misunderstood that they will get financing right away as soon as they get idea or they just get, you know, you know, get out of MVP, but that's not a good attitude and that's not going to be successful. That's something that I learned also uh, through this journey, instead of uh, building a, a perfect product and reach out, you know, to VC and pitch to them, you should really spend more, on, spend time on yourself, learning different uh, perspective, different, uh, um, different, uh, uh, like, try to fill the gap of the skill set that you don't have previously. Mm. Um, and to build a startup, you need to build your business first. So then, you know, what the most important to do for you to, to, to establish your business um, at a non-scale uh, stage, which is talk to your customer as many as you could, and also um, building your pipeline. That's very important as well, as well, uh, I mentioned. And then once you, once you establish your business and validate your business idea, business model, 
then you, you're going to talk to the, the VCs that if you want to scale. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, the lesson that I learned is don't try to just put yourself out to impeach to VC first. Instead, that focus on building your business first, make it solid before talking to VCs. That way you have a better chance because you only get one chance meeting a great VC. Okay. No, I think that, and you almost answered that. I'll, I'll even jump. I'll give you a, since I hammered you on the first question, I'll give you a pass on the second question since you answered the first question so well. Cause I think that you answered kind of both questions at the same time in, in the sense that I think, you know, if I were to reiterate almost the business mistake people can make is that they're going to, Hey, I'm going to be able to go out get the investor dollar. I'm going, you know, I've got an idea. I'm in Silicon Valley and money freely flows and everybody invests in startups and, that's not the case that you almost jump to, Hey, I'll just go pitch my idea and you can almost yeah. waste, waste your opportunity of getting in front of VCs or getting in front of angel because they're going to, you're going to be too early. You're not going to have it far enough develop. There isn't anything to invest in yet. And so then right. almost then turning around is get your product developed first, get your pipeline loaded, get your, figure out your market. And then as mm-hmm. you get those in place, then go out to your venture capital. So is that a fair summary of your answer? Yeah. Okay. Well, that, with that, so now it's your turn. So, yeah. People, you know, people want to get involved. They want to go use co-home and they want to uh, start to get our home ownership. They want to invest. They want to get involved. What's the best way to reach out to you? So, hi, guys. We're co-home now team. And we are here to help renters grow financially by owning their own home. We are helping them from matchmaking co-buyers to close a home that make a home co-buying process simple, efficient, and cost-effective. So, so please do check us out at website cohonenow.com. I have a dream. Let Cohon help you to make your dream come true. All right. So people want to get involved, want to reach out, want to check it out, go to cohonenow.com. And co is just C-O, the word home, the word now.com. Is that right? Yes. Perfect. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been fun to talk about your journey. I love what you guys are doing, and I think it's a cool and novel idea. So I wish you guys the next part or leg of your journey to be very successful and hope things go well for you. And appreciate you coming on the podcast. For those of you that are interested in coming on the podcast and being a guest and sharing your journey, um, certainly feel free to go to inventivejourney.com and apply to be on the podcast. For those of you that are listening, uh, make sure to subscribe so you can catch all the new and future episodes. And uh, for anybody that's needing help with uh, patents and trademarks or for your startup or small business, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law and we'll make sure to help you out and get you taken care of. Thanks again for coming on the podcast. It's been fun to hear your journey and wish you all the success. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right. Thank you.